Passion is an energetic blaze that can be ignited within us and, when understood and redirected, can assist us energetically toward our intentions. It's a fire that burns in our deepest depths of who we are as people and can show us the souls of those around us while holding compassion when viewing their passions. By the end of this episode, you may see that someone's fire is to be admired. Feel free to share your passions with us on social media later on this week after the episode launches. So now, let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility Alexander so one thing that I feel that I don't have a loss for is passion and mm. It's something that we've discussed over some previous podcasts and how my passion in my life has been both or it can have a positive or negative impact on my life in certain situations. Sure. And I I often think of passion as closely related to creativity because I guess maybe because I have a passion to be creative. So so I don't know if I don't know if there's a tie there. But I did want to dive into passion and um, what the view is within the just philosophy or within an energetic wellness perspective and if it is helpful at all to, to have passion or mm. if it's something that maybe we need to be more closely observing in our lives. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting subject and I feel like today we're going to approach this uh, kind of like just opening a book and saying, hey, let's see what what comes out of this. This is a subject similar to love that, you know, is very subjective and people can see it many, many different ways. So by no means are we presenting this as the way that we feel that all others should should feel. Uh, This is just a perspective and really to maybe get the energy moving for you to uh, just look at this subject for all the listeners for themselves and see how this continues to expand this whole concept. Um, so, so I am excited to talk about this subject and it is something that I've worked on personally very, very much through, um, this 25 year trek or so. So, um, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to dissecting this a little bit. So I remember the first time it came up in a conversation between us, you mentioned that it was an emotion and that kind of shocked me a little bit. Cause I was mm. like, you know, because we're, we're talking about how emotions need to be processed and managed and, and the energy needs to be redirected into something more useful. And I was like, well, you know, passion is something that drives me and motivates me to do certain things. And if I have a lack of passion, it's hard for me to motivate myself. And maybe that has to do with being a generator where we need to, like, you know, get that energy moving to do certain mm-hmm. things. So talk about how 
or why it is considered an emotion within this philosophy. And I think it's, uh, maybe we should say that it's very closely connected to the emotions. Okay. And that it doesn't always have to be emotional. Um, some people are passionate about their uh, connection to the divine or their spirituality or their religion, and that can encompass certain disciplines that, you know, doesn't necessarily take someone in the direction of the emotions. Many times passion can be very mixed up with anger because it runs very, very close. And when people's passion is challenged by others, it can bring in those negative emotions. So keeping passion outside of emotions is through the practice of allowing everyone else to have other passions even if they're conflicting with yours. Because if someone has a different passion or a, uh, maybe a conflicting passion, that doesn't have to hamper yours. It's similar to being on a sports team and you know that the other team is pulling for themselves and you just do your best on your end and not necessarily even look at it as competition. Many of the players that do well in sports, they don't look at the other team or the other person as a competition but themselves. Uh, they're competing with themselves to always do better. And that similar can be a similar view with passion is that a properly channeled passion doesn't create negative ripples around you and you don't take other people's passions uh, negatively or obtrusively as well. It can be a supportive energy. Uh, so this is passion runs very high energetically and it can burn out very quickly. So that's why some people, they get very passionate about fulfilling certain dreams or directions in their life. Uh, they can put so much time and energy into that passion. And then when something doesn't work out logistically out in the world, it can crush them and they can give up on their so-called passion. So how the passion is directed is very, very important and to how that is going to uh, the longevity of it lasting because ego can be very, very closely connected to passion once again. So do you have an ego-free passion to where you support everyone else around you or is it an ego-based passion to where there actually brings in competition? And I think that's very important for people that have lost passion in life to see if they were doing an all-encompassing type of passion or they were doing a competitive ego type of passion and so i like to suggest that you know we we may not want to distinguish our passion we may just want to learn to redirect it and that's kind of the approach that i'm going to be talking about today in the direction that we're going is to first of all if you have lost passion in life then find something to refuel that and then work toward uh, seeing a way to redirect that energy to where it's always able to run, but it's not as subjective to uh, so-called attacks or challenges. And that can normally be set up through redirecting, and we will bring the three R's back in to recognize a person or a situation or a thought, to show it respect, that person, thought, or uh, situation, and then to redirect it. We don't really want to look at stopping stuff from happening or stopping energy. Uh, it's very similar to martial arts to redirect 
the strength, the energy, the power, rather than trying to meet it head on and stop it. And uh, the redirecting takes a whole lot less energy and much less impact. And the way you were talking about the the kind of ego-based passion kind of reminded me of what somebody's belief system would be. So I guess, I guess in a way, passion could be somebody's belief system or they could hold on to it as much as like someone would a belief system in a way. Yes, yes. It is uh, passionate about defending their belief system. And that, of course, brings in ego and competition right away. And so that's where it can get very tricky to whether a person is truly exhibiting passion or have they stepped into anger. Because when that competitive passion comes in, anger is, is right there. It's waiting to jump in at any moment. And so many people will justify their action uh, or their frustration, their anger as passionate. And that's can kind of what can give passion a, a bad rap or a bad name. And uh, when you are in the other realm of being passionate about something that maybe is for the overall good of everyone involved that doesn't have these like negative ripples and that you don't get in, caught into the, the competition, the ego of it, then that passion can breed into other people. It can be inspiring. It can truly uh, lift a whole group of people or certainly a person up in a short amount of time. So passion is something that is very, very important, I feel like, to, to experience, to exemplify, to, to work with. Um, and unfortunately, it seems that many people have uh, given up that, that term, uh, even using it. And I went through a practice for many years of asking when I got introduced to news people, of course, after the name, uh, typically people ask what you do, like your job. And I made it a point for many years to ask people in that second question, what, you're, what, what are you passionate about? And I found that invariably very few people had any answer. And it would create uh, a confusion, uh, kind of like a, a little obstacle in the, in the conversation. But I did see that it, it set off like a little light bulb in the other person's head, and it would get them to thinking about things. And uh, so sometimes planting a seed is is a good service. And then normally people would follow with what they did as their as their job. And some people wouldn't even hear that that change of words because they're just so used to answering those questions in that order. And I'd be willing to bet that people who get bored in their lives often probably don't have a passion. That's that's correct. I mean, uh, I would say that that's very true many, many times. And depression can be linked to that as well, just not a, a passion of, of in any area. And, you know, passion can be defined many different ways, but it, you know, to me, it comes across as an incentive to continue moving forward with a building type of energy, uh, whether you call that, you know, growing or expanding. Um, but many times when people don't have that passion, they're not interested in growth. They're not interested in any kind of expanding. And as, you know, uh, the wonderful John Lennon said many, many years ago, you're either busy dying or you're busy living. And passionate people are busy living. And many times people that have lost the passion in their lives are just waiting to die, so to say. So that can be a very pivotal uh, moment 
for everyone to reflect on is, are you truly building things in your life? Uh, or have you gotten to a plateau and you're just kind of waiting for the end? And I think it'll be helpful for people to just kind of check into that and see if they've got uh, a little bit too lackadaisical about life and to possibly remember something uh, earlier in their life that, that did make them passionate. And, and many times passion is, is put on a certain reward or a certain end rather than being something that is developed as an energy that needs to be ongoing. So that's the, I think the main issue is people have projected their passions onto careers, onto people, onto situations. And when that doesn't work out the way that they're looking for it to, then they're just done with passion. And I'm suggested to develop a passion that is just a building energy and that it's going in a direction that you want to be going in and that you find a way to be passionate in that uh, arena. Yeah, so let's step into what you uh, mentioned that you want to talk about, which is the redirection of this type of energy. So for me, like if I was going to paint a picture visually, passion is like the little flame inside me that I want to put my energy towards something. And it, it can be broad. So for me, it's like, being creative is my passion. I guess maybe that's how I, how I would tie creativity in with passion. Right. So then that's my kind of like my direction, kind of like the lighthouse beam is pointing to. Mm-hmm. And then I go in that direction and I can find many different ways to be creative and the passion would drive me. So maybe you can uh, discuss how, you know, how we take that passionate energy and then turn it into a redirection to further our goals or any other direction of our careers or or anything that we want to do in our lives. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be a good example and a good place to start. Uh, So when we have our passion going in a direction of, like, say, creativity like that, then the obstacle is, say we choose something, like we'll use hypothetically, because I know this is, uh, you're you're doing it right now, the t-shirt business, that If you put that passion on a specific outcome of a specific product, then that can set up expectations, which disappointment will follow, which will deflate normally the passion. But if the passion is truly being put in the direction that you just verbalized as to in just being creative, then the passion is in the creating and the creativity not the outcome or the number of products that are sold or the uh, level of perceived success. It's in the process of being creative that the passion can never run out. It can uh, never really even run into obstacles. Uh, It's when we attach the passion to an outcome is to where it becomes our biggest uh, adversary. And so with me, myself, uh, to reveal the shifts that I've made with that in a passion. And I want to bring you back in here in a moment to expand on the view that you presented. But I also want to present that with me, I used to be very passionate about this work. And I really juiced internally on sharing different concepts, different views, um, this this way of uh, living life or perceiving things different from the common way. And what I ran into was a lot of resistance. 
And it seemed that the more passion that I showed, the more resistance that I received. So that was very conflicting for me, and it was deflating because I was burning energy off, and I wasn't getting anywhere. And that's when I really started looking at it from an energetic perspective and see that passion can bring a pushing type of energy. And only anytime somebody feels some a push, they want to push back. So I came up with a little mantra to use for myself to make sure that I wasn't uh, annihilating my passion. And that was, I choose to redirect my passion through my lovemaking and my artistic endeavors and take it out of uh, my work, take it out of uh, my, my speech to make sure that I'm providing a neutral area that makes people want to lean into the subject rather than feeling pushed in any way, shape, or form. So that redirecting is finding a way, and, and yours might would be a mantra like, I want to remember to direct my passion into being creative and just creativity in general rather than specific products. Um, that, you know, everyone can create a so-called mantra or a change in perception to use as a tool to shift that perspective. And that happened to be mine that I, I redirect my passion into my lovemaking and my artistic endeavors and that I never want the passion to leave those two areas. And anywhere else, I want to come from compassion, and I want to listen, and I want to pay attention that my so-called passion isn't being misperceived. Yes, and you talked about how, you know, if you have expectations on your, if you're, or if you attach your passion to expectations, that that can lead to uh, an ultimate downfall. And I, I, do, I do think that is something that happened to me with the t-shirt thing in the first couple of years where, where I did feel like I had to have like eight different, eight, eight different designs, you know, going mm-hmm. to my first event, thinking that I'm just going to have people lining up over, around the block to buy these shirts. And quickly I uh, got brought back down to earth and I learned several uh, lessons throughout that. Um, but I also th- feel like it leads to that seesaw, that emotional seesaw that we've talked about in previous episodes, where the more passion you have and the more expectations you have with, within that passion, you know, you're going to have that, you're going to experience that high. But then ultimately, if it's let down, if you don't follow through or the expectations aren't met, you're going to have that, you know, just as big of a low. Right. And you're just setting yourself up for like that emotional roller coaster. So it is similar to. Um you know, how other paths talk about non-attachment. And um, here, you know, in this language, we call it non-preference. Because when we, when we, once again, put that passion onto someone or something, then that does create expectations to where if you continue your passion in the way of, of an energetic action of just no matter how many no's that I get, I'm just going to continue to stay passionate in this direction that my passion isn't determined, isn't predetermined by whether somebody else is approving or not, because it shouldn't be your passion should, should, we should consider that that is ours, like our perception 
no one can change our perception unless we allow it. And passion is very similar, that, that nobody can affect our passion unless we allow it. And if we take the conditions off of the passion and say, oh, my passion isn't conditional around whether this next person approves of my direction or not, uh, that's where compassion and passion come together. It can be a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, that, you know, a very quick story. I remember a gentleman telling me a story where he was following a guru around in Europe and a some very hardcore Christians was standing at a fence protesting this Swami uh, teaching. And one of them took a brick and threw it and hit the Swami in the back of the head and caused blood right away. And his bodyguard started to go after the person and the beautiful Swami grabbed his bodyguards and said, Oh, no, no, let's never get upset over someone's passion. They are so passionate about their beliefs, and we're passionate as well. Unfortunately, they chose to show force, but we're certainly not going to show force back because they're just showing their passion. And, you know, that was a compassionate way to appreciate someone's uh, passion while bleeding down the back of his head. And uh, that takes a, a lot of strength, but it also proves that level of passion, that his passion was clear, that he sees everyone as one and we're not separate. And this was just an opportunity for us to stand in our so-called faith or passion, what we're passionate about. But we don't need to retaliate. We don't need to prove that. And that's where the ego and the emotions, you know, get involved with that so-called passion because passion doesn't have to carry any aggressiveness. It's really passion is what I'd like to consider like consistency. And it's moving in a direction that you truly want to be going and therefore you're passionate about it or you're consistent about it. So I like to bring those two words in together to potentially uh, unionize them as uh, being together. Uh, yeah, I do think that's a good point because, you know, if we take that story and apply it to something that, you know, pretty much everybody will be able to identify with, which is going on now where, you know, some people support our president, some people don't support our president, but there's no mistake the passion that either side have. And when you can just look at their passion outside of your own biases then you can you can have compassion for either side because you're just looking at their their pure or the purity of their passion. Yeah, yeah, and and many times when somebody is passionate about something like politics, and I've got some family members that's that's the case, you know, and sometimes they will question me about like that I just stick my head in the sand and that I don't pay attention to everything that's going on and that I need to be involved and all that kind of thing. And when they are projecting that onto me, I do my best to appreciate their passion, but simply to tell them of, yes, I'm not as educated as you seem to be on this subject, but I choose to direct my passion in another direction. So please don't take it as that I'm just uh, not involved at all. If you have any questions that you would like to ask me, I certainly will have answers. But I'm not going to challenge your passion, and uh, you're not going to bring my passion out on this subject because it's not a subject that I'm passionate about. But I do respect other people's passion on that subject. Uh, my passion just happens to go in other directions, and 
uh, we, I think that's useful for everyone to recognize. And when two opposing passions come in conflict, that's normally when the emotions get involved and, and anger shows up and wars are started around that. But normally it began somewhere as just a passion that someone has, an idea, a, a, an energetic pull even uh, to affect change in their own life, and it can affect uh, millions of people. Yeah, I do like I do like that whole explanation that you just said, and and uh, of challenging somebody's passion. And I I do think that if you are having uh, a conversation with somebody and you can recognize that they have a passion on something, then you know that you need to be very careful uh, talking. If you need to uh, breach that that conversation about that subject, and and you know it's almost like a clue. That, right. you know, ding, 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 you need to be a little careful around this subject. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, moving forward very cautiously uh, because people can get offended very quickly. And I know that, you know, in the past I've been very guilty of that, of missing that sign that you say because of maybe where my passion was at. And, and we, staying in compassion helps us to recognize those sensitivities uh, much more than staying in our passion, you know, and, and, you know, compassion has passion within it. And I think compassion, you know, is just passion with, um, pauses and that you're able to get all of these little signs that you just brought up as a, as a wonderful point. And yes, the more passionate about something that someone is, maybe the more delicate you want to be with your verbiage, with your response even. And this is another key that I want to bring to people's attention is just because someone asks you questions does not always mean that they are really looking to or willing to receive your answer. It can be a setup sometime for a debate, for an argument. Um, so, so I think it's worth, you know, coming back to that compassion word and learning to pause. Part of compassion is the pause of that passion. And when asked a question, take a moment to say, how passionate were they just in that question? Or in the sentences before that question that they invited me in, uh, what's the energetic feel? Is it intense? Does it seem to be emotion involved? Then we may want to be a little bit more compassionate in my response here, which means cautious, uh, cautious and uh, observing. So, so passion is a very, very interesting word, and um, bringing that word compassion to connect with that, I think, goes a long way. And if passion isn't carrying compassion, then there is a high likelihood that it is carrying ego and it is riding on that wave of anger. And um, this happens many times with people subconsciously. They don't necessarily mean to be doing it. Um, and these are subconscious triggers that happen in people and set off emotional reactions. So let's talk about passion within relationships, um, because I think people have seen relationships where there's a lot of passion, and there have been relationships where there's like little passion. So let's talk about in that realm, and then what those relationships look like that have a lot and or have little to none. Yeah, and uh, this is a very interesting correlation that I've been watching for a very, very long time, and look forward uh, to input that uh, the listeners may have. 
because I see a direct correlation with um, with passion in a relationship and how that is exhibited on the so-called positive side with lovemaking or sex or even just the intensity of uh, touching each other. And the other side or the obstacle of when things, when communication breaks down or where differing of opinions come in, that challenge can equate to the level of the so-called good passion. The friction can equate to that same level. And then there are some relationships that get along famously, uh, don't ever seem to have cross words with each other, but then they don't really have that passion uh, in the sexual manner or the making love manner. They're just very kind to each other, and the relationship is is pretty easy, but there is no uh, spikes and uh, valleys, so to say, in the in the emotional realm. So this is this shows up in many dysfunctional relationships to where people are are either fighting or screwing, so to say, to use a uh, a interesting word. Yeah, and I'll just bring up an example if if people have seen the Notebook. Have you yeah. have you seen that? Uh, I'm not. I'm familiar with it, but okay. I haven't watched. Because their their relationship was exactly like that. They were either fighting or they were, you know. Love making right. it was it, on you know on the extremes. Yes, and and that that has been the case for very many of my clients that I've worked with, and and you know certain people carry in their design uh, the sacral center and the human design being activated, and normally those are very artistic or sexual people, and some people don't have that center filled in, and then there's other gates that accentuate that even more, so. You know, a person that is looking for passion in a relationship, they're not going to be content for very long in a relationship that is just, you know, consistently good uh, because they are looking for that next level and they will more than likely start missing it in the love part. And that's where a wondering eye can start. And, you know, unfortunately, isn't necessarily the other person's fault. It's just the energetic combination of the two. But when that friction can be overcome through what I like to call conscious communication, energetic awareness, uh, love and compassion, and that you're working on developing a language together. To And when I say developing a language together, that doesn't mean that you have to have exact definitions of all the words. It's just that you understand even when you differ on a word, you understand and you respect that difference and you utilize it the way that the other person can receive it. That's conscious communication because it's not about how you get the information across. It's that you get it across in a way that it can be received. And many times, most people are stuck in the way that they want to give it rather than paying attention to the way the person is looking to receive it. So the rewards of, for the people that are able to make that uh, cross-pollination, I will call it, where you're able to take that friction and both parties see that, hey, we, we've come to an obstacle here, but we're on the same team. And if we direct this energy toward a project that we're working on together or we go make love at this moment, after the orgasm or after the completion of the project, many times the two people have no idea or even remember what the obstacle was. So if friction could be seen as 
creative energy or sexual energy that is being misrepresented here. So I like to say that creative energy, sexual energy, and worry energy, which worry will eventually turn into anger, are all the same energy just being directed in different ways. So as soon as a person starts to worry, they get defensive. And the last thing that most people want to do when they get defensive is be vulnerable. So this is once again taps into uh, some of the pillars in the earlier work of the philosophy that if it's hard for you to do or challenging for you to do, it's probably for your highest good. And once you work through that challenge and the challenge isn't there anymore, then many times we don't need the lesson to keep showing up or people treating us a certain way because we let go of the friction. And this is all through acceptance. So bringing that passion into compassion and then breaking that back down to acceptance of the situation or the person uh, goes a long way. And this is how to keep that passionate energy burning without feeling like you are uh, stepping on other people's toes or creating any negative ripples that are going out. So once again, pay attention to are you attaching your passion Are you attaching that to an outcome? If so, then be prepared that you're really dealing with expectations and disappointment follows many times. So the more that you can stay into generating the energy, the basic energy of that passion, like we used for you as an example, was the creativity, just the creative energy, being passionate about creativity. And the beautiful things about staying passionate like that is, Being a songwriter myself, if I'm passionate about songwriting, then it's realistic to accept that everybody's not going to like every song. So if they don't like, uh, if someone doesn't like a specific song, that shouldn't annihilate my passion. I should be like, oh, well, that's okay, because I'm going to write a hundred or a thousand more songs, so you'll probably like one of those. See, that's a whole different attitude to have because you're keeping the focus on the energy of the act, not the outcome. So in closing, if somebody's sitting here listening to this this episode and they're they're thinking, well, I don't really have a passion for anything, or I, don't, or I don't know what I could be passionate about, what would you say to those people to find their passion? Uh, one thing is I would like to say to sit in uh, contemplation and remembering yourself as a child and remember what you just like doing um, because – most children don't put a lot of thought into what they want to do. They just do it. And sometimes that can be inspired by a parent or another sibling or something like that. But uh, this is part of the beauty of uh, going back and being childlike is that sometimes our passion can be revealed um, by revisiting who we've been in the past. And another way is to get out into society and to see certain struggles that other people have. And a passion can be created out of something that some people take for granted, that they just haven't seen the polarity or the opposite of someone that doesn't have this. And so many times passion, I feel like, can be ignited through the understanding or the the compassion of someone else's struggles or another group's struggles. So sometimes getting around a cause or people that are involved with causes can be very inspiring, which can lead to someone, 
you know, finding their passion. Um, the main thing I like to share here is just don't do your best to not be put off by other people that are passionate and see if you, those of you that are lacking passion, see if that isn't very, fairly consistent that anytime you come across somebody that is passionate, if you don't have like uh, a resistance to them or find fault in them in some way. Um, and that can be just a good sign that the very first step is just showing appreciation that somebody else has passion about something. And we bring that back around to acceptance and uh, just recognizing wherever we carry friction, the energy is going to continue to be fed there. And the way to quit feeding it is by getting rid of the friction and some of the best steps through that is acceptance and using people that even bother you as inspiration for, wow, at least they found something to, to stay energized about, to stay consistent about. And the person that has lost um, passion may just need to see that, yeah, I place that passion on a person, place, or outcome rather than just developing an energy that's passionate. Yeah, and I would also point out that uh, uh, knowing yourself or finding out more about how you're you're made energetically would also help or could also help. So uh, finding out their human design or their destiny cards, Alexander, maybe talk about that as well. How, yes, how can they get yes, that? Yes, because the more we understand ourselves, the more authentic we're probably going to tap into that passion. Because as I said earlier, Many people's passions are inspired by others, whether it's their parents or siblings or a rock star or whoever it is. And there's nothing wrong with that type of inspiration. But we all have, I feel like, a, a passion in us. Uh, most people feel that if they take the time to look at it, that they have some type of life purpose. And that's different for everyone, and it's not uh, even comparable because uh, some people come here to maybe just have children, and that doesn't mean that they're less successful than the President of the United States. I happen to feel that success is when you do find your purpose and you are content with fulfilling that purpose, no matter how big or how small that is, and passion can be a big part of keeping us on track to 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 fulfill that. And I do find that through my private practice, very few people truly have a connection to what they feel like that purpose is. And lots of people in the past, early in age, try to direct their career towards something that they're passionate about. And very rarely does the career wind up being like what they thought it was going to be. So, uh, so once again, let's, let's build that passion, people. But let's make sure that we're directing it in a way that has an ongoing building uh, energy toward it rather than the deflation of disappointment being connected to it. And if somebody did want to get their human design chart or their destiny card information, how can they do that? Yes, please reach out to us through the Wise Wise, or um, you can reach me at my website, thejustphilosophy.com, and um, we can set up a session either by phone or in person for anyone that's local in North Carolina. And otherwise, uh, do many uh, sessions all over the world over the phone to help people understand themselves and um, continue to reach out and support us on the podcast here with your with your donations. We really appreciate that in sharing this information. And um, we love all of you. And thank you so much for for your support and your interest. 
And hopefully this subject of, of passion has ignited something in you that will grow. So now stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. 
The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com. V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.